this is Hannibal Taboo, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. KCWG, the truth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, we just had a monumental release. Well, it depends on who you ask. All right. Just to be fair. Hey, Aquaman 2 is now in theaters. The Lost Kingdom, I believe is what it's called. Starring Jason Momoa, a sequel to the billion dollar earning blockbuster uh, original aquaman from a few a few years ago (laughs) but yes aquaman is back jason momoa is back uh for the last time uh we don't know but uh we have a very special guest here you guys know who this cat is come on man he's been here before uh he runs a a company called operative.net and already in his own right he's been uh, a voice for this industry and he's done an amazing representation of the art form he's an award-winning comic content creator he hosts a radio show. Oh my God, the good brother does it all. He's a writer and the voice. The good brother has a voice that you will definitely want to check out. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Mr. Hannibal Taboo. Hannibal Taboo, how are you? I cannot complain. It's a beautiful life. It is a beautiful life. Wasn't that uh, Hattie McDowell from, or Hattie, Hattie McDaniel back in the 50s, first black African-American uh, sister to... I thought uh, she was going with the wind, but you know, your miles may vary. Oh, okay. Your miles may vary there. Yeah, there, there might be. I mean, I I wasn't old enough. I mean, my ancestors heard of that movie. I haven't, but I heard it was a good movie. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Are you I'm, calling me old? No, 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 no. That's why I was asking you because it's like, <laughs> man, you, I'm like, I'm surprised you heard of it at all. But good brother, welcome. Hey, we're in a winter wonderland, Mr. Taboo. I mean, isn't this a great time for uh, a big screen? Uh, uh, a comic movie made it to the big screen? I mean, what do you think? Winter Wonder? I like, uh, well, I, I'm very used to in Los Angeles the tradition of uh, every Chinese restaurant and movie theater being filled with uh, uh, many people who are not necessarily Yuletide minded. Uh, mostly a lot of our, our friends from the Jewish community taught me about this tradition, actually. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm very. Uh, uh, any times, any 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 winter is a good time to go to the movies because I know that the theaters are going to be full of polite and uh, 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 you know not so many moviegoers. Oh, well, that's true, and I'm wondering if that's going to have an impact on the final ticketing numbers. When I saw it, uh, full dis- uh, you know, full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, I have seen this movie. Uh, we're about to talk about Aquaman Two: The Lost Kingdom, and it is. Uh, excuse me <laughs> it is available in theaters right now as we speak so we are going to spoil a little bit and it is okay Hannibal this film is out uh, mm-hmm. but y'all know, y'all know how Hannibal does it he's always very careful he's very crafty the way he critiques these movies so you, I still recommend well I'm not going to say anything I, 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 that's why Hannibal's here I ain't saying nothing <laughs> it is available in theaters Aquaman 2 starring Jason Momoa DC's latest offering uh, to the public, y'all, and it's it's arguably um, a genre that has possibly met its apex already. Uh, we could be on the other side of that mountain. Uh, I want to ask Hannibal about that, but just generally speaking, uh, Mr. Hannibal Taboo, I think you mm-hmm. had to see Aquaman too, good brother. What were your general thoughts, Aquaman two and the Lost Kingdom, the Last Kingdom? Well, the, 
the director James Wan is all he knows how to entertain. He knows how to put on a show. And uh, more importantly, Jason Momoa has got more charisma than you can fit into any single project. He's amazingly charismatic and amazingly enjoyable to watch. So when you put those two things together, you're probably going to have something that's generally going to be a fun, fun movie. Now, does this movie borrow from, oh, I don't know, a dozen other movies very liberally, even down to the point where Jason Momoa refers to his, the character of his half-brother as Loki, uh, very yeah. heavily borrowing from existing uh, 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 archetypes and thereon, of course. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not fun. There's an old uh, adage that says, good artists borrow, great artists steal. And this movie steals unashamedly uh, from uh, several others to create a, a pastiche, a, a virtual Voltron of in, uh, entertaining possibilities. If this movie came out five years ago, we'd be talking about it as if it was a legend. Oh, really? But a lot has changed in the last five years, right? A lot. So how are we describing it today? As on that same caliber or what? Have we fallen out? Where are we at with this release? Well, here's the thing about this release. Nothing that happened in this release is going to matter to anybody in a year because the entire cinematic universe that this was created from which is called the dc extended universe is done everybody's done. packing their bags pretty much everybody's fired done? um done done uh so uh the 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 execs at uh wb discovery decided you know what we we've been getting we've been getting our uh, uh marvel handing us our giving eating our lunch for so long oh, that okay. We're just going to start over. We're going to we're going to bring in a new guy. They brought in James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, as their relative Kevin Feige um, to mm -hmm. architect a new fictional universe. And he said, the only way I can do it is just burn this thing down and start from 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 scratch, which means Henry Cavill fired uh, uh, Ben Affleck fired Gal Gadot fired Zachary Levi fired uh, the only the only one who's guaranteed to have a job after all this shakes out is Sholo Marduena as Blue Beetle. Uh, because, frankly, he's as charismatic and as amazing as as uh, Jason Momoa in some ways. Uh, but nice, yeah. Jason Momoa did an interview. He's like, it doesn't look good for the idea of me returning in this role, um, hmm. uh, which is not a, I, uh, unfortunately, which is not an indication of his own performance in the role. Because yeah. if you watch both Aquaman and Aquaman Two, he's having a blast, and yeah. every moment that he's on screen is a blast. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> You know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles and it gets completely annihilated sometimes in Hollywood. Absolutely. But I thought that somebody responded to his speculation that he wouldn't be returning and someone from the studio said, hey, he's welcome to come back if he wants to. So that that's not a thing, huh? It's done. That's not that's not a contract. <laughs> that's true. That's, true. that's, <laughs> that's, that's adorable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if you talk to some of my exes, they'd be like, I, I'm sure I'm still friends with Hannibal. <laughs> they are not. Okay, touche, touche. Okay, uh, I want to talk about it, man. I mean, this is probably a little bittersweet or people might be relieved depending on what your perspective is on DC movies on the big screen. Um, I thought that Aquaman had done its bid to actually save the genre on the big screen. It made a billion on the last one. And I thought this one is, was at least as good. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a good quality movie at all. I agree. I think this movie is as good, if not better, than the first one because a lot of the problems that I had with the character of Orm, his half-brother uh, who plays Ocean Master, were resolved here by giving Orm greater depth, giving Orm some room to operate, giving Orm a redemption arc, which was super surprisingly entertaining. There was a lot of great moments with that, especially with 
there's a scene where he, uh, we thought he was going to leave uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren's character, King Narius, to die. And he came back at the last minute with a swelling orchestral theme. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is yep. super entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, wow, none of these people have jobs anymore. So, <laughs> wow. wow. Well, it's a okay. cold hustle. It's I a mean, cold what, hustle. You bring, you bring in a new boss. The new boss wants to bring in their people. It doesn't want all the old boss's people. Uh, you know, like, forget these guys. I'm going to hire my own people. So, you know, Jeff, I mean, what's his name? Uh, uh, James Gunn wants to hire his own Aquaman. He doesn't want Jeff Johns' Aquaman. So, those are going to be some hard boots to fill. Um, I mean, in terms of Aquaman, I mean, they've switched out Superman so many different times. So, <laughs> so let me get this straight. So, there's not a new Superman movie coming out in 2024? I thought I saw some clips or something. There is a new Superman movie. It is not starring Henry Cavill. It's starring some other guy whose name I've forgotten, honestly. Um, but, uh, okay. yeah, there is a new Superman movie. It's got a new Superman, new Lex, new Lois, new Jimmy, new all that. Uh, but it's mm. also, for some unknown reason, got half of the characters from DC's uh, acquired Wildstorm universe, the, uh, a group called The Authority, Jenny Sparks, The Midnighter, Apollo. Why are they here? We don't know. Uh, because they're traditionally not very Superman characters. They're in many ways the antithesis to Superman's aesthetic, but right. that's what's happening in the movie. My concern, especially after seeing two su after seeing the, su the Suicide Squad, after seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and after seeing Peacemaker, is that James Gunn is going to put an aesthetic on Superman that I don't think is exactly the fit people are expecting. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be snarkier. It's going to be more uh, 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 self-aware. It's going to be you know and is that a good thing? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but, you know, when you have a perspective that kind of walks in the door acting like truth, justice in the American way is kind of hokey, then that um, that definitely could give some diehard fans some concerns. OK, so just so I understand what the potential common thread is, we know James Gunn. Do we know him from Marvel movies? Yeah, he did uh, all three Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He did okay. the Peacemaker series at uh, uh, HBO Max, which is so raunchy, but it's really, it's really good. But it's a deconstructionist take. So if you're walking, like say for instance, Aquaman is pretty much a straightforward superhero movie with a little bit of leaning towards, I'm um, you know, winking at the camera, uh, uh, which you especially saw in that last scene. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you know, James Gunn is a deconstruction. He does not follow the rules of, of superhero things, which if you're watching Guardians of the Galaxy, which are these ridiculous characters that don't, you know, necessarily have to play by the rules, they can kill, they can curse, they can do all these things, you're fine. You don't want that for your Superman. I don't think you want that for your Batman. I don't think that's really where those are supposed to go. But we'll see if he can play it straight or if he can, you know, if he imposes his own sensibilities on uh, the superhero uh, genre that we have come to know and understand. Okay. Well, I'm glad in the making of this film, they... Okay, so are you saying they went into the production of Aquaman 2 knowing that this was going to be the end, or this is something that's more of a recent development? They went in suspecting it. And the last scene in particular, I, I believe once I saw that, I was like, by then they knew. Um, I don't know how, how deep into production that they knew, but they they it definitely happened at some point during the production they figured out oh this is okay we're we're just riding this out okay cool um okay. what's interesting to me what's interesting to me given that uh warner brothers discovery took two completed movies including one produced by james gunn which were batgirl 
uh, starring uh, this sister, actually, and uh, Coyote versus Acme, which was starring John Cena, and, which is one of James Gunn's favorite actors, and uh, was produced by James Gunn and said, yeah, we're destroying every copy of this movie that no one will ever see it. And we're going to call it a tax write off, even though we've spent more than one hundred fifty million dollars on both of these movies, which is very strange. It's a very strange business choice. Um and kind of a screw you to many of the creators involved there. Yeah. But Aquaman 2, let's put that one out the door. Sure, why not? Um, for me, any chance I get to see Yaya, uh, the actor who does uh, Black Manta, any yeah. chance I get to see him do his thing, I'm happy for that. Uh, but, you know, there are there's trouble in Denmark, as they say. <laughs> um, okay, that's fascinating. And... You may notice, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're talking more about the business and the making of the film more so at this point than the actual film itself. So this one's directed by James Wan. Now, mm -hmm. his work in the past, as it connects to Aquaman 2, uh, I don't know anything about him, not very much at all, but I, I hear and understand that he's a more of, uh, renowned for doing horror films. Is that correct? Um, my memory of him is he did a Fast and Furious movie. Let me go look real quick. Uh, and I think he did the last G.I. Joe movie. Um, so I've seen okay. him doing a lot of, you know, heavy action. He did The Conjuring 2. He did uh, okay. Fast and Furious 7, it looks like, because it's hard to tell which one is which. Um, right, right, right. Uh, he, oh, he did, yeah, he did a Saw movie. He did The Nun. Fair He's done is. some horror stuff. He's done some uh, work. There's someone inside your house. But my experience, with, like, he also did Mortal Kombat. He also did MacGyver. You know, he's he's uh, an action horror sort of guy. And there's a great scene in this movie where you see, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Tim Timur Morrison is uh, got the baby. He goes to a different part of the house. And there's, you see Black Manta's uh, lights on his helmet light up behind him. It's like a, a, like a horror mm -hmm. jump scare. And you can see Jay, the, the horror DNA in there. Okay. But I mean, I, he's a super talented director. You can do. He knows how to entertain. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the general storyline, uh, mm -hmm. arc of Black Manta, the arc of even Orm, his brother. You said you mm -hmm. found some pleasurable things in there, in terms of a, a redemptive quality, if you will. Uh, common question I always ask you, good brother: What did they get right about Aquaman two? What I think they really got right uh, about Aquaman 2 was the relationship between the brothers, which they did by very liberally sampling the relationship between Thor and Loki. Uh, as I said, all the way down to name checking it. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a hip hop dude. You know, yeah, if you want to take a sample that I've already heard and flip it a different way, sure, okay. flip the sample. Go for it. Why not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's an archetypical relationship throughout uh, myths for thousands of years. I don't have a specific beef with that. The Orm relationship really went really well because uh, with Jason Momoa playing, it, it's it's kind of a Burton Ernie, uh, Abbott and Costello sort of thing. Um, <laughs> if you're telling me that Orm was not Bert and <laughs> Jason Momoa is not Ernie, you're not watching this movie. <laughs> oh, bro, bro. Okay. So, oh, bro. I found that super entertaining because Jason Momoa and and you've seen this in interviews you've seen like Jason Momoa is a fun guy he, yeah, he just yeah. seems like he's just fun to be around and yeah. he brings that yeah. fun to the screen he whereas a lot of actors struggle to bring their own natural charisma you know that you every once in a while you run into a, a Jason Momoa a Dwayne Johnson a Cary Grant who can just effortlessly go on screen and be fun mm -hmm. and and they got that really well 
Um, mm. I did notice very clearly the minimization of Amber Heard's part after her dust up with uh, uh, Johnny Depp. Wow. Uh, that she's, you know, she she got a lot fewer lines there. But, you know, mm. I enjoy uh, Timur Morrison actually is interesting because I kept saying, hey, Django, because he's Django Fett in Star Wars mm. movie. <laughs> and, oh, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed watching him take a role that requ truthfully required him to do a lot less physically because he's an older actor now than he was when he was doing, you know, Attack of the Clones and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but also gave him a kind of gravitas and a kind of a kind of depth uh, that you don't normally get to see him do as an actor. So I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, Yaya can do anything. I mean, from the get down to uh, his role as Dr. Manhattan and, uh, oops, sorry, spoiler, in Watchmen to uh, this, I mean, he's got range. Yaya is such okay. a vastly talented actor. And watching him do this kind of descent into madness as he's taken over by this spirit, you know, uh, 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 that will give him what he, he's like, I'll make a deal with the devil if it will get me what I need. I don't I don't care. I don't care if I literally have to burn the entire world down to accomplish this. I'll do it. Uh, and had the spirit not been so fickle, he probably would have succeeded. <laughs> and, uh, was like, uh, you know, it, it, down to the last minute where there's a the great scene where he's falling down the cliff. He's like a, a Obi-Wan and Darth Maul moment. And mm -hmm. and Aquaman reaches down to him. He's like he's uh, like he's still willing. Aquaman's seen some growth from when he left uh, Black Man's father to die. Mm -hmm. and he's like I'm willing to save you, and he just says never and lets himself fall. That is an amazingly entertaining arc for a character and, and, and a, a moment. It was really great. There was a lot of things I really enjoyed about this movie. That he so, died. Well, that. <laughs> that he was true to himself okay that at no point was black manta willing to compromise his singular goal he'd gotten mm -hmm. to a point by that point where he was like i can't beat this guy and the, every bit of power and the, the only thing i can do is let him save me no yeah no never never that never never <laughs> oh man that's nasty work but when yeah you talk about okay so what where did they fall short? Was the lighting okay? Because I know you've had some issues with lighting in previous films unrelated to this one. And, you know, specifically with Black Manta, too. I could have used a little bit more Black Manta, honestly. A few more. Yeah, scenes. always. You know what I'm saying? I thought his powers were so enhanced based upon the deal with the devil that he did make. So I was thinking there would be a lot more fight scenes between he and Aquaman. I could have used more of that. But uh, in your opinion, where did, where, for you, where does this film fall, fall a little short? Well, one of the things that James Wan enjoys, and you'll see this in the Fast and Furious movie he did, he likes what's called a chain quest. Do this thing, and that leads you to another thing. Then you do that thing, and it leads you to another thing. In video games, these are very popular, in or all gaming. They're a very popular style of writing because it gives the character something to do that drives them in the right direction on the plot. Um, I, Because Jason Momoa is so charismatic, you might not notice the chain quest. It might not, but, but for me, it left out very clearly. And um, it's not... It sometimes is a very heavy-handed, manipulative way of writing. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I've definitely written my share of chain quests and things that I've done. But in doing so, uh, it can, you know, kind of uh, drive the narrative in a, in, a, in a very singular way. What I was surprised of, they said that Willem Dafoe's character, Volko, died off screen of sickness, which I thought was an interesting 
thing because I'm pretty sure Willem Dafoe is alive. But mm, yeah. I mean, I hope Willem Dafoe is alive. So I was like, that's weird. Why wouldn't he come back? That right. seems right. odd. Uh, and it confused me because he was such a pivotal part of the character development of Aquaman in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what I think about that? Um, they chose in this movie the relate the brother relationship over combat scenes with uh, Black Manta because Black Manta was getting so powerful that if he had more than one the one mid scene fight, I think he would like I said I think he would have taken Aquaman down mm-hmm. because uh, in the words of Douglas Adams, he just wanted it more. <laughs> he, <laughs> you know, he, he he was not willing to let go of it, and and if he'd come to his the true apex of his power through more conflicts. I think he would have been a lot harder to stop. Um, mm-hmm. That's not necessarily wrong. It's just, it feels weird. There was a moment when I was concerned at the end when the power of this this ancient uh, sea king abandoned Black Manta and tried to choose uh, Aquaman's brother. And I was yeah. like, oh, really? You're yeah. going to take the power from the black guy at the last minute? Really? Uh, that's what we're going to do? Um, but from a narrative standpoint, a few, like literally five minutes after I said that, I'm like, uh, okay, I see why you did that because you're 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 not really that. That's why you got trapped in the ice in the first place because you really don't know what you're doing. And, <laughs> and if you were be, if you were better at what you're doing, you'd probably win too. <laughs> right, right, right. And even though you say that, I mean, you make an interesting insight. I didn't I didn't feel cheated because there were other action scenes in the movie that were definitely entertaining and visually appealing for sure. Mm-hmm. Little octopus thing was crazy. That's so weird. There's a story behind that, but that's a weird. Oh my god! But I didn't feel cheated overall with 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 the action, even though I I could have used more from Manta. But one mm-hmm. of, one way you're explaining it is that in sort of a Captain American Iron Man thing in uh, Endgame, they felt it was more necessary to work on the relationship between them as brothers rather than yeah. focus as much on action. Right? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, because they had plenty of running and dodging and dying and shooting. Mm -hmm. There was plenty of action scenes. Uh, But they felt from uh, a narrative standpoint that uh, creating Manta, Manta Manta has a note. I want revenge for you killing my father. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not it's it's not a complicated motivation. It doesn't you know, and we explored it, I believe, as far as we narratively could in the film, you know, because it's not like Manta had, you know, a wolf. What about my son who will never knows? We, we don't think he has a son. It's just him. You know, mm-hmm. there was nowhere else for the relationship to go. I mean, in the comics, Manta has a son, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, um, wow. uh, but yeah, so they focused on the brother relationship and they allowed uh, Patrick Wilson's uh, and Jason Momoa to just play that, to kind of bro it out. If you watch the Loki series, there's a lot of scenes of just Mobius and Loki just broing out, just hanging out. And, mm-hmm. and the little banter back and forth, and it's super entertaining. Uh, so I think making that choice here was a, a conscious one uh, that they didn't skim on action. They just, you know, they kept Manta for, oh God, we need to do something scary. Because then uh, again, that moment in, in Tamora Morrison's house uh, as Tom Curry, I was like, that's how you do a freaking reveal. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I didn't know that Manta had a son. So let me guess. Black Manta's son was Black Boyta. Get it? Manta, Boyta, man, boy. No. I'll, I'll need you to see yourself out. Okay. Yeah. Excellent <laughs> stage left. Um, <laughs> but okay. But I think they resolved everything in this film. I mean, yeah, presumably over. I mean, where else could they have taken this story with an ending like that? 
Well, well it, it's, oh, fun, right. it's funny to me at the ending because he's speaking to the UN. I'm like, oh, now and Wakanda's going to dress. Oh, no, wait, no, not Wakanda. Right, right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they had the Oracalcum. I'm like, oh, no, not the Vibranium. No, no, that's not that. Sorry, <laughs> wrong movie. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, there if there was an interest in uh, a, a grander scale of storytelling where Atlantis uh, now public takes a place on the world stage and involves itself in politics and, you know, there's even more of Jason Momoa desperately trying to dodge meetings while he, you know, goes and does something fun and adventurous. That's not, that's not even an archetype that's, you know, doesn't exist in fiction. It's totally something that they had the room to do, but mm -hmm. it would require a greater deal of maturity in the storytelling, a greater deal of development than the DCEU, frankly, has ever shown, a greater deal of cohesion. Um, the reason why we're still, and, and also I think this term superhero fatigue is complete crap for a lot of reasons, but the reason why we're still invested, you know, 20 some odd movies and 10, almost 10 TV series down the line, I literally before the show watched uh, the today's episode of What If on Disney Plus, Mm. is because of that cohesion because the same thing that kept people in comic books was the reason why they kept coming back for these movies they're like you know i get to check back in with these people i love these people that i'm interested in spending time with and that's valuable there's a valuable element to that that hopefully the new dc will be able to figure out because previously they were just like oh we're just gonna drive in all the lanes and hope none of the cars hit each other yeah. and that's not the way that works okay well if that's not the way it works you were you gave a lot of praise to Blue Beetle. I didn't see Blue Beetle, but from a box office standpoint, did it do okay? One, did over in the other universe of Marvel, did Captain Marvel two, the Marvels, did that do okay? Did Shazam two do okay? Uh, and but you say there's no superhero fatigue. So how would you square that in lieu of how those last three uh, leading up to this one perform box office wise? I would say I would be a little more circumspect about it because. Uh, especially with the Marvels and uh, Blue Beetle, they came out around the time of the strike when actors right. weren't allowed to do any press, they right. weren't allowed to do any interviews, they weren't allowed to do any social media to yeah. promote the movies. Yep. And when you take people whose natural job is to be charismatic and tell them they can't talk about their work, which is the main way that people find out about it, oh my gosh, uh, you know, Brie Larson was on uh, The Tonight Show, or oh my gosh, Shola Marjuania was on you know, uh, 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 this podcast or whatever, you know, yeah. uh, if they can't do that, that's going to affect the financial outcome of the film. Yeah. So uh, there was an environment in 2023 uh, that changed what happened. I don't, with those films in particular, I definitely don't believe quality was an issue. With those films in particular, I definitely don't believe that. But both of them had another factor against them that Shalomar Duena, as a character, of, as, as an actor of color, and that Iman Vellani and uh, what's the sister who plays Monica Rambeau's name? Uh, 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 well, basically, that there were people who were not uh, lantern-jawed white males at the center of the narrative. And there is a very lantern-jawed. Did you say lantern-jawed? Lantern yeah, that's a that's a term that they use because they're all like squared off. Um, but you know, there's there's a very vocal, very active segment of the population that's working very actively to minimize voices that aren't theirs. Before the Marvels came out, there was hundreds of people on Rotten Tomatoes review bombing it, a film that they hadn't seen. Okay. They were already putting negative reviews about a film they hadn't, hadn't seen. seen. Yeah. So that's not superhero fatigue. That's racism. 
<laughs> that's sexism. Yeah. That's patriarchy. Uh, so no, I don't believe there's any issue of superhero fatigue. What I believe is that, you know, all of a sudden someone's like, oh no, suddenly 99.99% of the stories aren't about me. It's only 98%. That will uh, never do. That'll never do. They're taking from me, man. They're taking our stuff from us. They're, They're taking, our taking country, it man. from me. Oh, oh, I want to make DC great again. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if that's what they want to come out with, that's the perspective they well, want to come out with. Absolutely. And see, it's important to know that because, I mean, you know, I can get into the, the, the politics of it too, but even Wonder Woman 2, that came out during the pandemic. That went straight to uh, streaming, right? Because we well, couldn't go to the theaters at the time, right? There were some super awkward, rapey elements of that movie. There's some, well, there's some problematic elements of Wonder Woman 84. Let's not be... You know, okay, okay. It got weird. It got weird. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give you that one. But okay, well, what about... Uh, uh, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of Scarlett Johansson, but when they did Black Widow, that solo, that, that I'm not gonna, a disappointment too, right? I'm not going to lie to you, because I bought Black Widow, they, they had an offer where for $30, you could buy it on Disney Plus and watch it at home for like, I don't know, like three or four days, right? So I did that. I paid for it. I sat with my daughter in my living room, and we watched it, and we were able to pause things. And she was like, Bob, but what's the question? I don't understand about this. And, and I was like, all right, well, great. Let me tell you about that. And I was able to pause in the moment, so okay. she was able to immediately get back into things. I would pay $40 of my own money without a question. If I could get a new movie on Max or Disney Plus, every movie, I, I have a I have a sixty inch television. Why would I want to leave my house to get my gummy? I mean, popcorn and soda on my shoes? That's not worth it to me. The cinematic experience is grossly overrated and grossly it? held dear. Interesting. Absolutely, it's grossly held dear by your Martin Scorsese's and again your older white people who believe oh the grand tradition of cinema. I wasn't in the grand tradition of cinema. They barely wanted me to have Hattie McDaniels as a servant. So no, the grand tradition of cinema doesn't mean anything to me. What means something to me is engaging with the content. And I can far do that better with a remote control in my hand and my daughter in my living room. Okay, that touche. Because uh, for educational purposes, I could see anybody that's sitting with you at, on the front of a 60 inch screen and being able to pause things and talk about it. Yeah, that's, that's gold right there. But yeah. the theater that you attended uh, for Aquaman 2, was it empty? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, there's people there. It's, it's, again, <laughs> at this time of year, I know who to expect in the theater. Oh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but even, even the surround, I mean, I don't doubt you have a nice sound system inside your home, but did you think sonically, the, you know, experiencing it in, in a big theater would have been as enjoyable at, at your house? Yes. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> mainly because, mainly because when you get into the large CGI battles, there's a lot of detail. I remember the first time I saw the first Transformers film and I thought, I'm not able to, my brain can't absorb all this visual information. It's too much visual information. But okay. when I got home on my TV and I was able to pause, I was like, ooh, I see what you did there. That's a really great detail. And uh -huh. oh, you know, it was much, much more valuable to me. Um, I, I appreciate people who like the cinema in the same way I appreciate people who like to go back to the office because that gives their some value to their life. I yeah. don't do it. It's not me. I feel you. I feel you. Okay, well, before I let you go, we're running a little bit over, but I, I and I, I would be remiss. It's 2023, about to be 2024, man. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned Amber Heard. She had about 11 minutes on the screen. It seemed like <laughs> more than that. And given what she had gone through with Johnny Depp, um, her career definitely took a hit. 
I think uh, the cat that yeah. played the Flash, Ezra, 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 Ezra Miller. I mean, very messy, very messy, nasty work, right? I mean, he had a full starring turn. Jonathan, yeah, Major. and and then Ezra Ezra Miller went full Chris Brown, and Jonathan Majors made fumbled the bag in a way possibly no one has ever fumbled the bag in the history of bag fumbling. True. Am I? I mean, but they fumbled the bag too and was able to get it back. I shouldn't be uh, right. To a certain point of view, I mean, ask Johnny Depp if he's going to do another Pirates of the Caribbean. He's not. No, no, no. Uh, you're right. And, I, I'm agreeing with that, but I'm talking about Amber. It seemed like it's not hurting Amber and Ezra to the same extent that it looks like it's going to impact Jonathan Majors. But I guess look on IMDb and see if you see any more roles for Ezra Miller. You don't. True. Look on IMDb and see if what Amber Heard has cracking next. It's nothing worth mentioning. You know, uh, there are very especially with the modern you know uh, uh tmz camera related culture there are drastic costs of violating a morality call, clause in the contract and for the companies they've built in drastic means of financially protecting themselves from violated morality causes because unfortunately a number of really talented people are horrible people yeah that's unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, um, Lord Acton said power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. These are people who have been granted enormous power and corrupted enormously by it and did not learn Spider-Man's lesson that with that power comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, there, did Jonathan suffer, Major suffer more than others? Absolutely. Because he was supposed to be the villain of three phases of movies. Mm. The money that he lost is virtually incalculable yeah totally. but uh and which is you can't compare that to a oh i play the wife of aquaman or i play you know uh, right. yet another version of, of the flash it's not the same uh right. especially given how you know the flash movie is completely but mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um when you look at all these things you know there is a, there is a cost and and jonathan major fell harder than many because he was flying higher than many and that is an unfortunate reality of his, his situation. Um, uh, it's nasty. I, I, we, yeah, but we, unfortunately, we are who we are. And True. if people lean into who they are without addressing the possibility that it may cost them, mm -hmm. then, you know, as, as Malcolm said, when chickens come home to roost, it's really hard for me to feel sad about it. You know what? You're not wrong, brother. To whom much is given, much is expected. Yes, sir. And uh, if you fumble, you fumble. It's a hard lesson. I mean, we all got to be careful. You know what I mean? Because nothing yeah. is promised. Nothing is guaranteed. As appears to be true for the DC uh, universe on the big screen, at least for now, until they do this uh, prospective reboot that you've been talking about. Uh, whatever it's going to be. Whatever it's going to be. Well, I guess we can wish them... Uh, the same farewell we've just recently given Showtime Boxing. Uh, <laughs> end of an era. Ow. Ow. That one, that one takes me back to sitting with my dad. Wow. That one yeah. <laughs> yeah. Showtime Boxing is gone, bro. But, uh, man, thank you so much for being here. We've been talking about Aquaman 2 with the good brother, Mr. Hannibal Taboo. Ladies and gentlemen, he represents Operative.net. Y'all know Hannibal Taboo. Always breaking down to their final compound. All of these big screen movies. Um, you've done it so often for us, good brother, and I, I'm really, really grateful. I've learned a lot. 
And um, I appreciate it, man. I hope this is not the last time, to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't even ask you about this monster universe that's shaping up now. Godzilla Minus One is killing it in the theater right now. They got the collab with Godzilla and Kong coming up in April, I think. This universe is really, really becoming gigantic. I mean, I know and science fiction is—is is, is that your thing too? Monster movies? That's not your. It thing. is, and I—it it actually totally is, and I feel really bad because I've been so busy with my job, actually asking me to do my actual job that I haven't been able to focus on. I haven't been uh -huh. able to get out for Godzilla minus one, which I really want to, because literally everybody's telling me, "Oh my God, you're gonna love it! You're gonna love it!" Uh, so hmm. yeah, unfortunately, that's that—that'll probably be a let's see, uh, that'll probably be my next cinematic uh, uh, visit when I know that the uh, theaters will be uh uh less you know <laughs> less crowded less impacted yeah because you heard they're about to release it in black and white right oh i don't want that i don't blame <laughs> you but yeah that's that's gonna be the the bonus that comes out when they re-release it in january it's gonna be in black and white and they're gonna be yeah i know people like that i don't want that yeah it, it's nostalgic i hear you bro i mean i was totally fine seeing it in color um i did see it uh we'll talk about it at another time after you've had a chance to see it perhaps uh, but mm -hmm. I'm just tripping about how this monster universe is shaping up, much akin to what we've seen with comic books. I mean, they have had quite an arc over the last 20 years and due uh, in great measure to Marvel, of course, and DE, DC tried, <laughs> tried, but no, that, that's just not their thing. So it, I think there is some some wisdom and really realizing when it's time to, Jim Brown played nine seasons, bro, in the, in the NFL. And he realized it's like, okay, I'm done. Lennox, yeah. Lewis, Lennox Lewis, former heavyweight champ in the world. He said, you know, I'm retiring and he stayed retired. He never came back. Marvelous Marvin Hagler, same thing. <laughs> when he fought. Uh, un There's another fun example of that, that interview with Waka Flocka Flame, where he said, I knew I was a whack rapper. I knew that. You didn't have to tell me that. Oh, wow. <laughs> but people went for it. And once I made $30 million, I quit. And now look at me. Oh, snap. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, this, I really like as a hip hop dude, it hurt my feelings. But as a businessman, I was like, I can respect that. I can respect that. That's what I'm saying. That that's pretty genius when you think about it. It's like you grab the money and go. It's like, oh snap, we got away with this. Quit mm -hmm. walking your head. Don't stay yeah. in the casino too long, bro. Don't, Don't stay do it. In the casino too long. So DC <laughs> has folded up tent. Well, we'll see what happens, good brother. So uh, again, I can't thank you enough for being here. What's the best way for people to check you out? what you got going on over there at operative.net and uh what's coming up for you in 2024 mr hannibal taboo well since certain social media networks have folded uh i find myself on threads and blue sky and instagram as at sign hannibal taboo i post a lot there um mm -hmm. i can also be found as you noted at ha hannibal uh, operative.net and hannibaltaboo.com my project that i'm working on right now i'm working on my second dungeons and dragons campaign setting book mm -hmm. uh, last year we released the sundering the nation beneath our feet uh which raised fifty four thousand dollars on kickstarter um was a great success and we're very excited about working on the second book now nice. um i'm also am i allowed to say that one um well i know i'm still supposed to say, oh yeah yeah i forgot i've also got now i remember the thing i'm mm -hmm. supposed to say uh i'm writing a, a time travel science fiction well i wrote it three years ago for me but they're just still doing the art um a time travel science fiction comic book called Time Core, which is available on all digital uh, booksellers. Issue 21 came out on December 15th. Um, it's written by me with art by Neil Yamamoto and production letters and colors by Josephine Roberts. It's so much fun. What's funny is I wrote it so long ago 
and I'm watching like Loki. I'm like, wait a minute, I did that. <laughs> ah. So it's funny the way the zeitgeist has, uh, congeals around certain ideas uh, and certain yeah. ways of doing things. So uh, and that is available on uh, digital booksellers now. It's a story about where if people die without having done enough good or enough bad to gain the final disposition based on their spiritual system, they are given a chance to earn a, a reward of some sort or, or punishment, depending on their thing, uh, in a group called the Time Corps, fixing things across the timeline. And it's a, a lot of fun, and I did a lot of research for it. And it's got three more issues left on my 12-issue run. Man, you've done some amazing stuff, good brother. And um, That's very kind. Thank you. Yeah, man, you've been doing your thing, and continued success to you, man. I mean... This this just journey you're on, man, is nothing short of amazing. So that's the good brother, Mr. Hannibal Taboo. Will you come back and join us sometime in 2024? Oh my God! I don't know if you celebrate the holidays, good brother, but it's Winter Wonderland, bro. Uh, uh, I'm in my house. It's all the same to me. Right? It's like, <laughs> wait, ain't no reindeer knocking on your door, bro. I'm more of a Kwanzaa sort of guy, so I've uh, got the canara hey, out already. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, good brother. Well, you do it safely, do it well, and uh, continue success to you, okay? Thank you. Cool. This is KCWG, the truth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. That was the good brother, Mr. Hannibal Taboo. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this.